kitchen is a magical place where everything happens. The alchemy of food and the human interaction. It is the most visited place in every household. Every single conversation of love, of life, of family revolves pretty much around the kitchen counter at the dinner table. Trans PV Kitchen is a substream of the popular transgender point of view on Joy 94.9. Hosted by Anastasia Lee, a passionate cook and a food scientist. Please pop into our kitchen to listen to some humor, swapping for a few recipe ideas, some tips and tricks, or just simply having a company when you cook in solidarity. So welcome back to part two of Trans POV Kitchen with Compassion Vietnam representative Matthew Lanciana. This is Anastasia. Within our first part, we talked a bit about you know Matthew's culture and how he found his life calling, and also briefly you know what Compassion Vietnam is about essentially. Also, so Matt, how does it feel to see the kids smiling and enjoying the crayons you brought them? You know what I've noticed is that anywhere you go around the world, doesn't matter how hard or unfair or unhappy someone is when you see a kid smile mm. you smile yes and that's universal so um that's what it's all about you know because you think of kids and you go they shouldn't have responsibilities they're kids you know mm. they should just play and fall over and have a laugh and make no sense and whatever whatever but you mean like they're allowed to learn mistakes and they should have mistakes well, as well. yeah i think you know that's that's how we see kids and that's how kids are here you know the mm. parents have the responsibilities but over there you know to see kids uh having adult responsibilities you really puts it into perspective so because these kids come from extreme poverty they don't have anything nothing like it probably two sets of clothes and one pair of shoes and that's it so for someone to give them a box of crayons or a uniform mm. or something that's so fundamental and, and so simple and yeah, it's like uh, two bucks over here but with them it's like a fortune yeah and and just yeah their, their, their face lights up they're so easily pleased so yeah it's it's very that's a reward and you know that's also why we why we have social media because you know to see the kids smiling to see the kids having fun and being relaxed and in a safe place it's just uh it's a reward in itself yeah and then um so you mentioned about you know you have um educators how many of them are there at the learning center currently there's two we have secured a, a larger premise but mm. we're still setting it up and it's so currently we have two and they're absolutely amazing like when i say they do everything at the school i literally mean they do everything at the school and so they look after kids of all ages correct yes Th that's a challenge that we have is that we don't have a class of kids all the same age Mm. because that's just the reality of the situation. We have mm. kids that are 15, but they might have the learning capacity of a seven-year-old because they've never been taught to read and write. So do you assess them before admissioning them? Yes, okay. yes. I mean, we that's another challenge for the teachers as well, is to, is to be able to control and teach a school and class of kids that are different ages, at different levels, different mental capabilities. And that's really the amazing part about the educators, is that not only do they teach the kids, these kids actually love the teacher. Mm. Hugs, kisses, which is something you'd never do here. Like, who's going to hug their teacher? Like, no, well, get in, away from me. Over there, it's like it's like a, a second mum. Yeah, no, in, uh, in Vietnam, that's our culture. We have a day dedicated just for the teachers. And if anything, there's a saying in Vietnam where your teachers are even on top of your parents. 
you know, because they provide you. You know the what? I, I taught English in Japan, and even though I was just an English teacher with no qualifications, the respect that, that the parents would give me was unbelievable. So, yeah, it is, as I said, the school is run by the teachers. I know we're on the board, mm-hmm. and I get that, the directors, whatever, but the teachers are the real heroes because it's not easy. It's, it's not easy, but amazing people, amazing women. Are you looking forward to? Um, I don't know. Are you looking for recruiting some more of the educators into the school? I think in, in the future, yes. It's look. It is a demanding job, and mm. it's not for everybody. Um, so really, we have to find someone special to mm. actually. This, these people represent CBI more than just about anybody yeah. in the organisation, and they're also known to the community as well, which is a super important factor. Just to just to bring somebody in, uh, it, even if they're an, an an amazing educator it probably won't work they not only they provide the education needed they also look out for the kids who have been and that's you know that's that's how we have our education goals mm. but we also have the welfare of the kids and that that's above the education really in my eyes education is paramount but we have to create a safe space for the kids we have to make sure that their well-being is at the top you know and and if we notice something's wrong or the, the teachers pick up on something, we follow through with it. Right. Um, so they've got a lot of responsibility, but uh, they're born educators. Mm. You know, that's all they want to do is educate, educate, educate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we, we couldn't do it without them. And do they have to deal with, say, abusive parents? Or do they get involved with um, the kids, a specific kid's um, yeah. family issues? The, look, well? there's no doubt that the sad reality of some of these kids is some some of them have been neglected or abused, not not specifically by the parents, but they've had some really horrible things happen to them, these kids. So as I mentioned earlier, there's the teaching side of it and there's the welfare side of it. And a lot of these kids, when they get there, they don't know how to, they don't know anything about school. They don't know what it is. So breaking down those barriers. And if, if I could take a video of day one versus a video of five weeks in, Oh wow, like the kids just feel comfortable, they relax, they're not stressed, they're learning, you know, like a kid who's 12 is, is reading for the first time, I mean, they start to have confidence. Mm. And you know, a lot of these kids, because they're falling through the cracks, not not specifically the parents' fault, the parents are poorly educated and also poverty-stricken themselves. And also because um, most people from Saigon, they would be from other regions of Vietnam, because you know, Saigon is just Absolutely. Quite, quite like Sydney in a sense where everybody just comes yeah. in there and say, most true Saigon people would have left the country already, <laughs> sadly enough. Yeah. You mentioned that, and, and that's another stark reality of Vietnam that has got nothing we don't see in Australia is displaced people. Mm. So because of the way that the country is and the government, if you were to move from Melbourne to Sydney because you were displaced or because of a job or because of whatever, you don't actually have your documentation. And mm. that's a big problem that we have we help with is not if these parents and kids actually wanted to go to school they don't have birth certificates if they want to get public health care they don't have the documentation so basically they're living without any ID mm. so they, they are they are in the eyes of officially they don't exist so another part of CBI is we we go through the administrative process of getting these kids and their families their documentation mm-hmm. so that we can actually get them into school because that's a requirement. So it's not just getting the kids up to up to the level at the school. It's also giving them the documents to actually do so. 
So to be able to do those things, you need you need great connections. So how do you establish that? Good question. You know, because it's not easy. In, no, no, no. In it, Vietnam, look, it's, 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 it's not. And if you live in Australia, where everything takes two minutes, and yeah. you can go and get a birth certificate in twenty minutes yeah. down the road, you you don't know the process. And the process is you have to know people. You have to know the system. You have to know where to go. And you know that's why we we have people. In Vietnam, that help us with this stuff mm. because me doing it from Melbourne, it just wouldn't work. That's the reality. Are so, they volunteers or full-time employees for CVI? The only people at CVI that are employed and paid money are the two other teachers. Mm. So we pay them because they're professionals mm. and we they're full-time. Everyone else in in CVI is is a a volunteer. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is that every single cent that we we get goes into the charity for the kids, mm. whether it be the education, the documentation, the lunches, the food, the materials like pencils and all that sort of stuff, and also health, you know, like uh, dentistry and and uh, medical. So um, yeah, that's one thing I'm most proud of is it is a genuine not for profit charity. Okay. So that's how. Because I was going to ask you a question where how is CBI different from your know, other gigantic yeah. structured not for profit charities? But you have explained my just question. to delve into that. So if I can explain that. Yeah. So I think the reason that we see such great results is because we're small. We're small scale, mm. and when you're small, you have the advantage that you can make decisions very quickly. Everything's simplified. We're not dealing with thousands yeah. of different people to make decisions. Yeah. Our decisions are very simple and very quick. And although we're trying to get a bigger school, we're always going to be small scale because, as you said, we're able to we're able to work so much more succinctly and easily mm. with a small group of people, and and we can remain not for profit because yeah, we can grow, we can we can get all these new people, but if the, that takes away from the money of that the kids receive, mm. um, or the charity receives, um, I don't think that's something that we we would aim for. Okay. And then so, do the kids have any issues like traveling to the school, or traveling to the site of education? Um, yeah, look, the, the kids are local, you know. So, so how how we the process of how kids come to the school is basically like this: we have local people. So whether that be the educator or board member in in uh, in Saigon, and they're known to the community. Mm. So they will talk to the parents and really stress the importance of education. And one of the other major challenges I, might, I may have mentioned previously is that because the parents are a product of poverty, mm. they don't know the importance of education. Mm. You know, they might not know how to read and write themselves. So trying to get them to say to send their kids to school they don't understand the point of it so one of the major things is building that trust with the parents to say look i know you need the money that the kids generate but please let them take us to, please let us take them to the school and once we once we break down that barrier and the kids go to school the idea is that then when these students have their own kids Mm. that yeah. the importance of education is passed down, etc., etc., etc. So um, that's another massive challenge, but that's the importance of having people on the ground, known to the community. So how long um, does a kid um, stay at school on, on a daily basis? It's just less than a full day. So I think I well, mentioned... Well, a full day in Vietnam is like, what, like 12 hours? Not that long. So because because we function differently, we're, we're trying to get kids to transition into a state school or mm. our older kids that come in, we try to find them apprenticeships, mm. um, which is a massive, massive step up from where they would have gone in exactly. life. You know, yeah. it's, it's someone... 
is investing time and teaching these kids and uh, a, a trade or something that's mm. huge that's life-changing so yeah uh, look we, we because we deal with kids that have been neglected abused have never been to school it doesn't always work to sit them down in a chair for 12 hours so we have other activities like skill building trust building you know we also allow the kids to play you know they're kids like have free time you know in a safe place you know draw on the board mm. um, have fun make, make, make other friends you know because a lot of the kids because they work and they're so young they don't have real friends they don't have they're not communicating with kids their own age so this allows them to have a safe place meet mm. kids have fun have no have no responsibility for that mm. block of hours yeah. um you know and also lunch you know it sounds so simple like we provide food but if they to someone who doesn't have food it's it's another thing to entice the kids to come to school mm. so and then who would be in charge of making lunch for the kids sorry we have uh, group we have group efforts um so we have drives as mm. well so for example with the vietnamese holiday coming up soon i won't butcher the name for you you can <laughs> you pronounce can. that you oh, can pronounce it's that my name. domain i'm not going it's there domain. but what what we try to do is we 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 try to, for example, with the, the holiday coming up, we'll have hampers made up for the kids mm. um, with some food and some things to take home for the family. So everything is donated. Uh, it's as simple as that. Every, that. Everything is donated, the food and the hampers. And, you know, because, again, that's such a simple thing to do for someone. Yeah. But they've never had it done for them. Mm. So the joy when these kids see like a little hamper that is something that you'd go, eh, whatever, but a bit of food. And it's like a present too. You know, the kids don't have presents. Um, so yeah, and l- look, lunch is, again, something that just you take for granted. Or, mm. But food is is an expense that a lot of these families can't afford. Can't afford. So um, again, all, all these come through drives or, or donations and things like that. But yeah, same same as the medical uh, thing, which I was explaining to you earlier, how we find and qualify medical professionals to donate their time and go to Vietnam and actually help these kids out for free. You know, that's another thing that we, is completely free. No one makes any money out of that. But just, you know, the ability to, to, to give a child a, a medical checkup when they've never had that before. We might identify something. So, yeah, it's, it's, everything comes through um, charity. Yeah, well, another reason why I've asked Matthew to um, be in the studio and be part of this kitchen substream is that because during my time, homeless, and um, not having food to, to eat. When I got better, I wa- always wanted to have, like, you know, go back to Vietnam, have a charity where you teach um, kids um, skills so that they can actually seek for employment and also, you know, to teach them, because uh, I have a degree in food science and nutrition, so, you know, just to teach them basic nutrition and how to be more effective with, and be resourceful with your yeah. ingredients, and you're doing it, so <laughs> thank you. Yeah, for that. I mean, that's, that's the core fundamental thing that we provide is education um, and with health as well um, you know like for young girls we teach that we have uh, an educator there to talk about the things that they'll go through and do's and don'ts um, which again is education mm. also you know dentistry for example mm. you know you're looking at a 15 year old kid that for us might seem obvious don't drink 
too much mm. Coca-Cola or don't drink this or eat that. But giving them that education uh, allows them to make their own decisions. Mm. And it's powerful. It's very powerful. And just so you know, your lack of education, it doesn't just you know happen in poverty. It, I, I would consider myself to be from the upper middle class. And honestly, nobody told me about puberty. Like nobody from my family or even the school I went to actually taught us about you know how the body changes over time and those things. So, But you know now, yeah? Of course you I know, know now. now. Right? I know way too much. <laughs> I know way too much now. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's something that, you know, we should be mindful of too, that this education is something that we... It's, it's um There's no limit to education, really. You always learn something new every day. And um, so in the next five years, or even within this year, what do you expect to, to, um, to progress? I think we're in a continual improvement phase. There's, there's obviously you want to continue to grow, mm. but I think slow um, growth is more important, mm. um, especially with something our size. So um, re refining the education process, refining the process of monitoring the kids after they leave. Where do they go? You know, do they, do they, do they finish high school? Do they go to higher education? Do we get apprenticeships for them? Um, so really, really trying to look after the kids after they leave the school because mm. um, that's that's we want to see these kids uh, succeed and and you know even getting a, a job in a restaurant sometimes is a massive step up from where they were and mm. you know if they have the the education skills the reading and writing and also the confidence you know um so yeah we, we base ourselves around slow realistic growth we do that through donations and we also do that what uh, you know we always look for people that have specific skills that may be able to help us uh, as i said we've we've got a, a larger facility which has been donated which is amazing um so i guess purpose building that facility to make it make the education process easier but um yeah i think i think you know the important part of any charity is showing people the tangible results mm. because you know if we're going to ask people to donate their their hard-earned money mm. We like to show them the full process from the start, mm. which is finding the children, qualifying mm. the children, talking to the parents, right through to what happened to the kids, you know, after mm. we finished educating them and we got their documentation and we checked their health and they went into the school, you know, where are they now? And, and that's that's paramount, you know, to any charities, seeing results. That's, that's great, actually. Sorry, it's just, um, it's been quite emotional for myself personally. Yeah. Um, Because I had seen, you know, of course, like, during my childhood, I had seen those kids sort of scooping out plastic from yeah. like this like darkish goo they, yeah. they call a creek. Yep. And um, I would be in the car and I wouldn't understand anything about that really. And then, you know, things happen in Australia. And for yeah. me, it's uh, I really appreciate efforts like this. So if the audience if anybody wants to donate to you guys how they can contact you we have a website www.compassionvietnam.org.au and we have a really great website that we made ourselves yes i have seen and um it, it it runs you through how we work and it's a very simple system and then at the end if you would like to donate on an ongoing basis or a one-off you can and that's fantastic mm. we also have social media facebook and Instagram where you can follow our mission mm. and you can see from 
from their end. And I know you guys may not like social media. Apparently, a lot of joy audience, especially trans POV audience, they don't stay on social media as much. That's okay. But please, this is for a good cause, and you know, yeah, it's changing life. It's not like you're giving the Kardashians more money. It's <laughs> you're giving some less fortunate souls, you know, an opportunity in life. And um, just one. Quick question before we finish sure. our session. Shoot. If you were in Vietnam and you were to make meals for the kids there, what would you make? Good question. What would I make? Um, so on the one hand, we make healthy meals because th that's another form of education. But on the other hand, sometimes we like to spoil the kids. Mm. And a, a great, fantastic, amazing story that I can tell you is one of our board members, Quang, he's... He's such a charitable person. He's amazing. He went to visit the kids. And as a, just the amazing person he is, he wanted to get the kids McDonald's. Oh, but there's no Maccas in Vietnam. <laughs> there is. Really? There's something there. And he's bought the kids takeaway. And these kids have never had it before. And I wasn't there. I've seen the photos and the videos. And these kids, it was like Christmas, you know, because they get left out. You know what it's like? Uh, you know, kids here, we, McDonald's is like, it's like every week. Mm. But to them, the joy of having fast food for the first time was just like, you have to see it to believe it, how happy it made these kids. And it really wasn't that expensive. But um, yeah, so we, we, we do make healthy food for the kids. That's our goal. But sometimes, you know, through his own money, and this was mm. our board member's own money, this wasn't money for the charity. He'd spent his own money to get these kids uh, this fast food, and you have to see the reaction. It's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, beautiful. Beautiful to see. That's great. But then, yeah, like, what would you make? Well, we have to <laughs> make... We have to make. We have to make food on a larger scale because yeah. we're making the food for the kids and also for the week. So... It's a lot of rice and vegetables and a bit of meat. A um, very basic Vietnamese meal, like family yeah. meal technically. Um, it is basic, mm. but it's also healthy, mm. um, which is another, you know, we teach the kids about health as well, mm. which is critical. Being high, like high hygiene and nutrition. Exactly. No, that's another point that I, you, thanks for bringing up. It, it is about hygiene because mm. a lot of these kids live in slums. Yeah. So where they, they are, they're at risk of... Of E. coli infection and absolutely. Mal malaria and uh, diarrhea as well because um, yep. of the lack of clean water. Yep. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad and it gets to me at times, but it also reinforces the work that we do and how important that is and all comes back to education. Mm www.compassionvietnam.org.au have a look um, and and get on board and let us help these kids and if you'd like to have any further information on cbi you can contact me and i'll contact matthew thank you and this trans pov kitchen on joy 94.9 i'll see you soon ciao Hi, this is Anastasia from Transmovie Kitchen on Joy 94.9. I'd like to announce a few amendments in regards of a podcast episode involved Compassion Vietnam or CVI. The Learning Center has been relocated to another facility which rent, utility and other upkeep costs are built to and paid by CVI themselves. It is not a donated venue as mentioned previously. Compassion Vietnam 
is a not-for-profit organization providing free education for kids suffering poverty. They are not a school, but a learning center which assists the children to reach adequate level of education needed to enter safe schools. And thirdly, CVI is yet to provide free meals are made on premise to the children. Their meals have been purchased by our funds from food vendors and food outlets within the vicinity of the learning center. Thank you. And that's it for another episode on Trans BV Kitchen on Joy 94.9. You can check us out on our Facebook page, Trans BV Kitchen, with space in between. Here's your host, Anastasia Lee, and I shall see you over the stove next time. Ciao.